Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Captain Kiwi and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon and you should too. It'll keep the wind in your sails. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon to show your support. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this episode 104 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And of course, George is here. And last as always, hello, everybody. <laughs> Glasses not always. always. Not I always. mix it up periodically. <laughs> Don't give me that. In this episode, we'll find out if M. Night Shyamalan's newest film is worth your time, test drive a premium quarter-scale <laughs> arcade cabinet for manufacturer Numskull, and play an open-world survival horror game that takes place two years after a global pandemic. That's a little too much on the nose for me. What the hell, man? Too soon. Too soon. No. (laughs) Before we get into those topics and many, many more, we have some fourth listener email. The uh, fourth listener email this time around is from longtime listener and contributor Stu Monkey. Oh, hey, Stu Monkey. Yeah, Stu Monkey wrote in and referenced Mo a couple episodes ago. You were talking about the billionaires going to space. Yes. Or Ah. or the space adjacent location, if you will. Space adjacent. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So, Stu Monkey, uh, the subject line of his email is, Wally Wally Oxenfree. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So here's what Stu Monkey had to say. Yo, John, one important factor you guys left out on the review of recent Bezos debacle is, despite the douchery of how he deserved <laughs> to throw his money around and go to space or to cross the Cayman line or whatever, at least the mission did do at least one good thing worthy. They brought up Wally Funk, mm-hmm. one of the original Mercury 13 and only survivor of that group and the oldest person to go into space. Irrelevant to all the other hoopla, I find this to be pretty applaudable and even got a little teary-eyed watching her talk about the experience after the fact. Yeah, mm. absolutely. You guys know who she is? No. Of the original Mercury 13, she was one. She had to be the only female. No, no. They actually tried to do female astronauts. They tried to recruit some women to do, be astronauts, and they had, I think, seven or something like that. Okay. And basically, none of them ever went into space, though. Is this kind of what the For All Mankind yeah. uh, thing mm-hmm. is kind of based on? Except they actually went through it. they didn't it. actually go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. So huh. she went through all the training, everything, never went into space. Wow. Well, now she's been space adjacent. <laughs> space adjacent. That's right. <laughs> she deserves it more than Bezos, that's for sure. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> he says, I'm even more pleased that Bezos didn't charge her for the ride. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> Well, she has Prime, so she has that Prime. Is. She has Prime. <laughs> if she had my Prime, it would have taken her two weeks later to get there. <laughs> that that would have been a nice space flight if it took two weeks to get there. It would have been great, exactly. Right? Instead of the five minute flight. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mention that, but yeah. So maybe there was something redeeming about Bezos's flight. That was that was quite nice to see her get to go up finally. Yeah. Finally, go up and touch space. That was cool. Uh, yeah. So Stu Monkey wraps it up with "May the fourth listener be with you." His favorite salutation, <laughs> Stu Monkey. Thank you so much for writing. Yeah. In. Thank you. Yeah. 
Actually, thanks for bringing that up too. That was important. Indeed. Yep. We appreciate your writing in. Anytime the fourth listener writes in, we'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to have your email featured here on the show, you know it's super easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one, and most of them, like Stew Monkeys, make the show. All right. We need to learn more about this global pandemic game that we were alluding to earlier because it <laughs> kind of bothered me a bit. We're going to get into that in a lot of more topics right after the break. Stick around. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. We're making decorative morning at the garden. We're up at dawn. Shoo-ba-dee-doo-doo-wa. Got our eight friends on. Ba-ba-ba-ba. We're making up the dough. Go roll it out, put it in a pan. Nobody makes this good like we can. We're taking a sausage, the eggs are fresh. If we say so, Take breakfast by the hand with a fresh biscuit sandwich. Let's get the ball rolling talking about media. We like to do here at the top of the show, of course, could be uh, books or music or film or TV or whatever it is. I am ready to get going because we were talking last show. I was ready. I was I was prepared. I had my heart set to see <laughs> the latest entry in the pantheon of M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan-ding-dong. Yeah. What a twist. Ever since The Sixth Sense, I've, I have not missed one of M. Night Shyamalan's films. And yep. the, latest, the latest entry, Old, was just in uh, just hit theaters uh, I think a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. If you uh, mm-hmm. haven't seen the, the trailers, you know what it's about. The premise in the trailers is that uh, there's a family on vacation, uh, this gorgeous resort. They're taken to an isolated beach yep. where apparently time passes a little bit differently and they mm-hmm. all start to age pretty quickly and shit goes down. Craziness yeah. ensues. And uh, that's pretty it much does. what you find out from the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. absolutely. That's pretty much what you find out from the movie. <laughs> That's it. You're exactly right. So, so quick poll. I saw it. Mo, I know you saw it. Mm-hmm. George, did you get to see it yet? Yes, I did. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we've all okay. seen it. So we have a frame of reference. Are we going to do spoilers? You don't give away the twist of a Shyamalan movie. You can't yeah. do that. That's pretty much okay. all he's going for. It. I'm still hesitant to give away the twist of the sixth sense. I mean, it's seriously. It's like a really <laughs> loose twist on the bread bag, though, after you've already opened it. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. It is a loose twist. My problem with this film is, first, let me just say, I have a bias to like Shyamalan movies. There's only a few that I, I won't say there's any that I hate. There's yes, certainly there ones that I think Last are Airbender. Bad. Last Airbender. Okay, I hate The Last Airbender, but that's... <laughs> That's a franchise movie that he got suckered into directing. I don't even count that in his in his in his repertoire. Yeah. I mean, even I, I like the stupid elevator movie. The Lady in the Water yeah. was okay. Devil was good. Know, yeah, I like Devil which was elevator right. movie was his. Devil? I think it's called Devil. 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 Oh, Devil. Yeah. I kind of like bad. Devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that Shyamalan's yeah, movie? Yeah, it was. Damn it. it. I'm surprised I liked a Shyamalan movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one where the aliens were, were allergic to water? Oh, Signs? that's the one. With- Signs. Yes. Signs. That's is that right, Shyamalan? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Shyamalan like too. That one, so yeah, that's on par. Yeah, well, that was good, good until that's the true. end. But anyway, okay, let's not talk about that. Anyway. Yeah, true. Anyway, the fact <laughs> is, right. So a recurring theme I'm finding with Shyamalan's later works is that he thinks I'm ignorant. He just, especially with the twist <laughs> at the end of this one, is like they set it up and they set it up and they, they leave you breadcrumbs to figure out the twist. And then they show you the twist. 
And I'm like, all right. And they cut to black and they fade up from black and they had a six minute scene where they showed you and explained the twist again. Just in case you miss it the first two times. Now I get it. And they cut to black (laughs) and they fade up and they have another scene where they show you the twist from another angle. Like, did you get it yet? We're showing you again. And I'm like, listen, I got it. How dumb do you think I am? Or maybe you should have made your film better. Why are you re, re, re explaining the twist over and over and over again? Yeah. My issue with it was he like dumbed down his movie, which bothered Mm, me. And also I felt like the different camera shots and stuff he had, it felt like the first time I ever had like a word processor and had to write a report for school and I used every freaking font there every was. Every font. <laughs> you know, every size, every font. It just was ridiculous. It was distracted to me from the movie because I'm sitting there like, why is he doing these weird pan around things and why is he zooming in why are we seeing half a head in this picture and how long could you see a shot of somebody's ear what are you right, doing yeah <laughs> and it's blurry and i'm looking at the ocean there's nothing there to see like what it just it it just seemed like it just went to that tool case went one time or actually 20 times too many and it just distracted from the story hmm. yeah i mean my take on it is that i think he was trying to create a feeling with the film he was trying mm-hmm. to make you feel isolated and weirded out like the people were like um mm-hmm. uh, and don't want to get into spoilers, but we know that right. the different people that ended up on the beach had different things happen to them because of their aging mm-hmm. process, right? Certainly, right. And yes. at yep. least one of those people, he, I felt like his weird shots, like you talked about the unfocused ear and the mm-hmm. weird longings, I felt like he was trying to make you feel like what that person was going through, that guy. Uh, if you know who I'm talking about. The I do, certainly. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was too fucking obvious from the very beginning (laughs) what was going on and what was going to happen i mean i know m night Shyamalan wants to put himself in every movie but when he Mm -hmm. put himself in that character like well shit now i know what's happening (laughs) already i know what's going on and then you got the little flashes of light that they Mm -hmm. see off in the distance okay and i didn't get character motivations when things started to go wrong very quickly oh no no there's no logical motivations happening yeah but you're a husband and wife you're maybe getting a divorce that's part of the setup Mm -hmm. and everything it's not really a spoiler but you're not holding your children right next to you at every single fucking moment on that beach bullshit How many times the kids are like, where's so-and-so? I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. You know where's my kid? Oh, they're <laughs> they over go? there getting pregnant, yeah. as you saw in the trailer. Bullshit. <laughs> How's that ever going to happen with any parent? I don't care. Yeah. Uh, they had some neat, creepy things that mm-hmm. happened in it, some disturbing images that I liked. But yeah, Jesus Christ, this was a futile waste of two hours. And how fucking arrogant does M. Night Shyamalan have to be <laughs> to start the movie off with a close-up of him saying, thank you for coming to my movie and joining us in the theater where it's meant it belongs to be- in the theater. That's how it belongs. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> now, you I, had I, two good I, movies, maybe three. Shut the hell up. Of course, that's three more than I had. But Now, I'm going to stop short of saying this was not a, a waste of two and a half hours. <sighs> I actually enjoyed it, much like I enjoyed many of the underperforming Shyamalan movies. I looked on Rotten Tomatoes. I only, when I'm going to go watch a film that I really want to just go clean, I don't read any reviews or anything beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that right. was true of this one. So after the film, I went to see, what do the critics say? And both critics and audiences, it's all like 50%, 48%. And that's about how I feel. This is like a <laughs> middle of the road movie. Yeah. Like it's It's got some good stuff, but it's muddied up by the bad stuff. And so I would put it like just below half. Yeah. So what about on our old rating scale, the free, the $5 yeah. Tuesday or the full price? Yeah, I mean, this is... 
It's an AMC slot. If you've got a free slot to go see it. See, that's in your lower half. That's not in the middle. It is. Well, it's below the half. That's where I would rate it. I I think I will watch it again, actually. I mean, I I don't know that I missed a lot. It's just that there were were some characters in it and some actors that I really liked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of great actors, actually. I like the middle age of the daughter. That actress, I thought she was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like the young boy who um, wrote the encoded notes back at the lodge. I thought he was a great little young actor. I Mm -hmm. thought he was wonderful. Mm -hmm. There were some performances in it that I thought were really good. But overall, I th- you said there's creepy stuff in it. I thought the creepy stuff felt forced and not unnecessary. It was. yeah. I wasn't saying yeah. it wasn't forced, but it was, yeah. I was happy to see something that they at least attempted to creep mm-hmm. me out. Yeah. yeah, just kind of, like it didn't need it. It was unnecessary. The rest of it, just creep me with a story. You don't have to creep me right. with, oh, crazy bones and spider lady. I don't need all that crap, right? That's unnecessary. Yeah. So I love the guy who played the husband of the original family that you see coming in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. good performances. Good just people, yeah. good actors. Great, great but act- overall, yeah. not a great film. No. Middle of the road, a little less. Editing yeah, was yeah. choppy. Ugh. It's just weird. Yeah. Good oh, idea, Shyamalan. just bad execution. Yep. And unfortunately, you know what? The next one he makes, I'm going to go see that one too. Yeah, me so. too. I'm with you. I'll be right <laughs> there with you. got A-list, you know. There you go. I'm going to see it. <laughs> Even without A-list, we probably see it anyway. Yeah, there we go. So, George, <laughs> how about you? What have you been checking now? That uh, Let's cleanse our palate. <laughs> G- give us something better. I've been watching something that has been off the air for like five years. So I've been binge watching, <laughs> as I've talked about in Discord and a few other places. I've been binge watching Law and Order. Okay. Yeah. There are 20 seasons of this show. I've been watching this thing like crazy. I just got hooked into it. And with YouTube TV, which is what I'm watching it on, you have this nice little feature that works the way it should work in that you tell it what show you want to watch and it doesn't care what channel it's on. It just records everything that that show has, but only one of each episode. So mm. for instance, if the same episode is on WeTV and Sundance, it'll record one or the other. You don't have to worry okay. about it having double, triple, but right. it also doesn't really matter because the DVR is in the cloud and you have unlimited space and it's kept for nine months. So you have plenty of time to watch your stuff. Okay. There There has been an issue, though, with these recordings, and I think I've found how to fix it, so I figured I would share it with any other cord cutters who are in our listening audience who use Hmm. YouTube TV specifically. Okay. So what's the problem? How does it manifest? So when I'm watching a recorded show, this is all digital, right? There's nothing going over the air, right? YouTube TV is getting their signal from Sundance or whoever digitally. I'm getting it digitally across my internet and whatnot. But I keep having these weird choppy moments or the screen goes all fuzzy or stuttering or stuff like that. And it's not related to my bandwidth because I've used the stats for nerds. There are no frames dropped. The speeds are normal, but I still keep having these playback errors, so to speak. Hmm. It's almost like the recording itself has the problem encoded in it. That's what it felt like. Like okay. like uh, when you had the old VHS tape, maybe the tape was stretched in that one point. Mm-hmm. Oh, I right. found, <laughs> though, in the little menu of your YouTube TV app, there's a little hamburger menu. And one of the options is report this recording playback issues. Oh, oh, is there? That's so, cool. I was having this at first on all the WeTV recordings for Law & Order. Every single episode was like that. And then it started happening on the Sundance recordings. And I'm like, okay, now this is getting irritating. I started reporting the recordings 
and you get the little message. We'll review this in 24 hours. I'm like, yeah, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> in two days, now all my recordings are working. So it's like they really did go and look hmm. at something and fix it. Hmm. So if okay. you're having playback issues with recorded content on YouTube TV, use that report feature and it appears that they actually go and look at stuff. It sounds like there probably was an encoder problem somewhere because mm -hmm. it, I bet you they were mm -hmm. recording a bad signal inbound and and you probably weren't alone. I bet you there were other folks reporting it and there was right. a like a, a confluence of people bitching about those signals and they went, huh, I bet you're onto something. So you were probably part of a gang who reported it and then like, they fixed it for a bunch of you and they all got fixed together, I bet you. I, I guess so. It's just... It's so unusual and neat, and it shouldn't be to me that <laughs> to a reporting feature actually got somebody <laughs> to do something because right. on these massive services, how often do you get told, like, I have a problem right now with my security system. One of my little cameras isn't working. I set up a report inside the app on my phone. Nobody has called me in a week and a half from no, You're just screaming in the blackness, yeah. aren't you? Just yeah. like, hey, it's, it's like the nothing. door close button on the elevator, right? It doesn't really do anything. It just makes <laughs> <Right>. you feel better. <laughs> I just feel good that I yelled about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's an interesting feature feature. It's hard to find. They don't put it out front. You got to go hunt through a couple of different little hamburger sub menus and stuff. Nope. But I think it's worth it. If you have YouTube TV and you're having recording playback issues, search for that option and use it. Cool. Roger that. Okay. Nice. Well, uh, I yeah. don't know. I guess we still have Mo left. Mo, what are oh, you yeah. watching? So actually, I just saw um, a new movie that came out called Roadrunner. It's the one about uh, Anthony Bourdain. Beep, beep, beep. Nope, nope, not that one. Oh, it's about no. Anthony Bourdain. Oh, well, then never mind. About his life. <laughs> and so it just come, came out streaming. It was out in the theaters, I think, a week or two ago. Even if you're not a fan of him, particular or his shows, it's an interesting documentary about him. So I, I think I know Celebrity Chef, right? I'm not yeah. a... Is that, okay, all right. I wasn't totally sure. More food critic than Celebrity More Chef. More food critic, yeah. He's not really so much chef as a food critic. Oh, yeah. food critic. You're, I really didn't know, did I? Okay. <laughs> so Anthony Bourdain. And part of his charm is that he is very everyday guy kind of vibe to him. Yeah. Um, he's like an everyman kind of vibe. So, and actually that comes up a lot during this documentary about how, you know, he's so approachable that people constantly approach him, especially became super famous is like everybody like constantly approach him like you very had very little time to like to just sort of just do stuff and it was different from other kind of biographies i've seen since he's since he so recently died oh what he's always dead oh that's news to me all right sorry oh yeah, yeah. no he, he actually committed suicide <laughs> bury the lead literally oh, oh yeah he, it was he committed suicide was it about a year and a half ago mm -hmm. Somewhere around there. Yeah. And so to have a documentary made about him so soon after was mm -hmm. interesting because even though they don't really, they, I mean, they do kind of, they, they talk about it, of course, but like when he's interviewing people about like, oh, you were with him when his first book came out and was a bestseller and da, 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 you know, that was like an underpinning tone for everybody because you can see that it was still fresh for them. Everybody's still kind of raw, right? right. It's still, yeah. it, it's not like, well, 20 years ago when he passed exactly, away, it's exactly. like, oh yeah, it's, yeah, I, I can see that it would be different. Yeah. Every person was like in a different phase of that dealing with interesting. it. Interesting. He was Got an it. interesting guy for sure. And you can see that the people around him definitely cared a lot for him. Actually, I thought it was a pretty excellent documentary. Even if you're not a fan of him particularly, it was mm -hmm. just interesting to see how, like he didn't expect to become famous and he did. And he was trying very hard not to let it change him and to just be himself because He's always very friendly and all that stuff. But that got more difficult as he got more famous. So it was pretty interesting. Hmm. So for someone who's listening, who like me, doesn't know any, I don't even know who he was exactly. I thought he was mm -hmm. a chef or something. I'll put you on the spot here. What's the biggest takeaway or interesting thing that you'll learn in this documentary that is interesting about his life that might make you interested in watching this? For me, I thought what was most interesting was that the character he portrays on his shows was really him. Hmm. He was just putting on a character. He wasn't putting on, like he wasn't being like a Guy Fieri, like, oh, blah, blah, blah. 
your uh, emerald dude flavor town flavor town all that stuff he was pretty much who he was and he really loved what he was doing so it kind of made you feel made me feel about liking his stuff because i'm like okay he was genuine that's kind of nice but Mm -hmm. that's kind of what i got out of it and why is it called roadrunner was that his nickname no he traveled all over the world doing yeah food reviews and checking out ah, different cuisine around the world and he was very adventurous he would eat anything Mm -hmm. once so he's a big road warrior he was yeah exactly over the place gotcha yeah i know him you know because i watch a lot of the celebrity chef shows Mm -hmm. but one of the things that was always most interesting about him to me he's kind of really the reason why Jollibee the Filipino fast food chain that I talk about Mm -hmm. oh yes he's really the reason why that chain got as popular as it did because he went to the Philippines one time on one of those road trips and sampled their food and said this is the way fast food chicken and spaghetti should be done if you're gonna do it cool (laughs) all right road runner yep road runner Anthony Bourdain cool all right When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Safari so good. Out here I won't go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs with its crunchious chocolatey taste. Ooh, it's part of this good, nutritious breakfast. Uh, oh, oh, Natives hope they're friendly. Want some Puff Puff Cocoa Puffs? Lunchy, crunchy Cocoa Puffs? Let's jump into tech and toys. So I actually have something to talk about. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay me. Pat myself on the back here. It's a shame he has to point that out. I know. <laughs> I, I like to get to the point where it's just like, it's the opposite. I have to point out when I don't have something. It but should be. Yes. Yeah, it should be, but it's not. Oh, well. So let's jump on it because actually you both of you guys have something that's pretty mm-hmm. damn cool. To be quite I hope honest. So. so. I think so. George, let's start with yours, man, because it's sure. pretty awesome. Yeah, I uh, I recently got permission from the wife to spend some money. Woohoo! We know <laughs> that I bought the uh, desktop PC recently that you guys have kind of ragged Mm -hmm. on me a little bit about my son being able to use it more than I have recently. (laughs) Uh, But around about that same time period, there were a couple of these mini arcade cabinets that came to the forefront. One of them is the Cubert one. Mo, I know that's yes, high on it. your radar. We've, I think yep, we've already all three it. already pre-ordered it. Oh yeah. yeah which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. But there was also a restock of one that I've been looking for for quite a while. And that is the numbskull Galaga arcade mini uh, machine. Oh yeah. That's your game, man. Mini machine is not correct for the description for this device. So <laughs> mini, why not? No. So we all know the replicate systems, right? Yeah. That's the ones we've had. We've got the dragon slayer that we did the mm-hmm. video on John. You've got the street fighter one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I know there's what there's a uh, tempest, I think. Like a centipede, centipede. Tempest. Yep. Those are all one sixth scale, right? Yep, right. And they're like 18, 20 inches or something tall yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. A little less. The maybe. numbskull machines are one fourth scale. Oh, if anybody remembers fractions from high school or <laughs> elementary school, those are different. <laughs> 
they don't seem like they're that different though. When you're talking about one six versus one fourth, it doesn't seem like it would be a big deal. They're just two numbers apart. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. It's just two apart, really. Right. This Galaga machine is very close to double the size of the replicate machine. Mm. I had no clue that it was really going to be as big as it was. Cause when you see it in the pictures on Amazon, tell. there's no scale, right? Yeah. No, I mean, they put it in front of a person's picture, but you can't really yeah. judge. I mean, how tall is that person? I don't know. Right. They never tell me if she's five, two or five, 10. I don't know. So I got this thing home. It is monstrous compared to the dragon's lair. The mm-hmm. screen sizes are not that much bigger. You know, oh, there's a see. lot of real estate taken up mm-hmm. with got graphics it. and side panels and whatnot. Right. So they get you a little bit on the screen size, but the controls are authentic replications of the original controls. There is only the one button, which okay. is very true for the original right. Gallagher machines. Like if you see at a, at an arcade later on, you'll see uh, the 1981 Miss Pac-Man Galaga clones. Sometimes you'll find those that have buttons on either side because they're trying Mm -hmm. to be left, right-handed people. But the true Galaga machines only had a button for a a left-handed joystick and a right-handed button. Mm -hmm. The graphics are beautiful. It's got the cute little kick plate on it. It's got the little coin doors and stuff. They don't (laughs) open like they do in the numbskull. Mm -hmm. And you can't put little fake coins in them, but they look beautiful. (laughs) Light up marquee, great sound on the audio speaker. It's just a great little scene. USB mini B plug-in for the charge right oh, okay. no no removable batteries i'm i'm loving this thing so i gotta ask you oh where the rubber hits the road hmm. how does it play what's the play experience like <sighs> so as soon as i got it pulled it out of the box <laughs> put it on the on the desk here played it i got up to level 22 i think oh, on the first play mm-hmm. and it is a uh, a rev 2 rom it appears or at least they modeled their rom after rev 2 which means it doesn't have the glitch right that you can use to stop firing mm-hmm. but it is also not rapid fire i gotcha okay now there are some settings that you can get into through pressing the player one player two button at the same time uh, i haven't tried that yet to see what the settings are but i do know that there's some different things you can change in it probably things like screen brightness and sound mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, yep. John, you remember that original Galaga arcade one-up thing that you did several of the videos about the poor yeah. quality of the speed right. and the sound yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. None of that with this. No problem here. None nice. of that. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Really like happy it. camper. Yeah. I mean, five out of five, <laughs> 10 out of 10, whatever <laughs> scale you want to put on it. Super happy. Was a bit pricey. Yeah, so yeah. That was my question next is how much does this run you? So I don't know how much these run typically when they're out because Numskull is like Replicate. They release these things in limited runs. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get them right away, they're just out of stock. Right. Uh, they also don't sell them from their site, unlike Replicate. Replicate sells everything from their site. They sell yep. only through second party distributors. Um, I picked this one up from Just Geek or Think Geek or one of the geeks. I don't know. <laughs> it was $155 for the machine. Mm-hmm. So not mm. it's $30 yeah. more than a Replicates. They're usually $120 when they come out. Mm-hmm. But it was $44 shipping from this wow. Think Geek website. Yeah. So Holy 200 cow. total. Now That's the sad a lot of thing, shipping. I found out in getting ready for the podcast when I was like, well, let me see if there's an Amazon link we can throw out there. They have them on Amazon right now. They've restocked them there too. <laughs> it's free shipping on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Same price, oh, no. 155 but I could have had free shipping. Oh. Of course, it would have taken me two weeks. But yeah, right. yeah I mean, I'd have rather had the free but shipping. $44 shipping, that seems excessive. Well, they are incredibly heavy though. They're 
double oh, they, the weight okay. of these replicates and the okay. replicates if you buy them at non-amazon i think they're about 15 or 20 dollars shipping so do you regret spending that money though now that you no. have it on your desk number no. one it was okay. my wife's money so no oh well, there uh, we go that's a, <laughs> do you regret spending your wife's money then i guess <laughs> no. is the question right no <laughs> uh definitely not it's uh it's gonna take a prominent place in my new studio layer room once my youngest son that's finishes cool. his move out that's over the weekend uh, it'll take a big place in that uh, in that space. Nice. So I'm I'm very happy with it. That's cool. That's your man. game. I'm glad you yeah. finally got one. Finally, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah really. That's cool. So, John, how about you, man? What do you got going? <sighs> it's gonna sound weird, I know, and and you might make fun of me, but and the last thing I need is another hobby. But here we go. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a member of a lot of Facebook groups that are all about just anything about arcade machines and arcade games and whatever, just because I follow that trend because I'm interested. And the other day, somebody posted these mosaic kits from a company called Pix Bricks, P-I-X-B-R-I-X. Okay. I never heard of the company before, Yeah, me either. but they had a set of eight of the original Street Fighter II World Warriors. Ah. We're talking Ken and Rue and Zangief and Dalsim and Chun-Li and all the originals, right? So these mosaics, those are the things where it's the the super little pictures that make up one bigger picture? No, that... not, not a photo mosaic. Oh, okay. Just not a, a mosaic, right? Just color bricks. Think of it like oh. a Lego mosaic, right? Okay. You're like, you got a big grid and you're like, put blue here and red here and yellow here and two blues there and you stand back from a two foot and it looks like the thing, right? Ah, okay, cool. Okay, okay. And, and think about, so imagine you put a quarter in Street Fighter 2 and you're on the character select screen mm -hmm, and you have mm -hmm. the grid of two by four, the eight characters. Right. It's those photos. Ah, which oh, are cool. already pixelated photos of the, the warriors. Right, right. They've taken those pictures and they've turned them into kits that you can build a mosaic to hang on your wall. And can you put all eight together like the start screen? You can put them all together and make okay. the start screen, <laughs> all eight. And so at, at a first glance, I'm thinking, well, you suckered me in. And so each kit is like 20 bucks Ooh. to build this little mosaic. How many pieces? So it's, it's exactly 32 by 24. It's the same resolution as that image was on the game. So okay. it's a one-to-one -one mapping. So it's a perfect they took the exact picture you had in the game it looks like it says 768 pieces that's right so do the math 32 by 24 768 mm. there you go that's exactly what it is so when i bought them so did i buy one nope did i buy you two already said when i bought them yeah I bought all eight of them. Yeah. Of course you did. Well, either you buy one or you buy eight, right? I mean. Yeah, that was kind of it. So I expected to have some buyer's remorse because I never heard of Picks Bricks before. And you buy a knockoff Legos and you're like, yeah, they're going to be mushy, kind of weird plastic. It's not going to click together well. I figured I would enjoy making the, the pictures, but not so much the toys was my thinking. I was wrong. <laughs> oh my God. These things are really damn cool. And Picks Bricks has not paid me a nickel to tell you how much I like these these things. So, so first of all, every single brick in this is like a Lego one by one. Okay. It's, it's, they're not one by fours or anything, just little squares and they connect on the sides like edge on edge. There's not a plate. Okay. You just have this mosaic and a map and you start putting pieces together. Huh? Well, and I'm glad you said all that because that was some of the stuff I was about to ask Yeah. For how these things connected. I was looking at your Amazon link that I think Mo is probably going to throw in the show notes for us mm -hmm. later on. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit upset with this link. <laughs> I know why. Yes, you do. <laughs> why is that? A bunch of them already sold out, haven't they? <laughs> There's only six of them now, not eight. Yeah, they're, so, they're, they're restocking, I think. If I can't buy all eight and build the cool little selection screen, what the hell is the point? Like, I don't like one character more than another in that mm -hmm. game. I want yep. the whole group. 
why don't they sell all eight as one set? I'm not sure. I guess they figured not everybody wanted to spend 160 bucks on these toys. I'm not sure, but I yeah. did. <laughs> then you got to hurry because a couple of them only have one in stock. So yeah. yeah. Well, the good news is they're on Amazon. You can also buy them right from PixBricks' website themselves, ah, not just okay. on Amazon. You can get them out there too. But here's the reason why it's so cool. Not just because it's a weird Lego. It's like lots of hobbies in one and all the best parts of them. So it's like Lego, mm-hmm. but it's cheaper, okay? It's like a jigsaw puzzle, but you don't have to hunt for the piece. You just grab the color you need. Okay. It's like paint by number, but it's not a mess because <laughs> you you just, paint there's everywhere. no water yeah, in no paint. paint. <laughs> it's like perler beads, except I don't have to iron anything mm-hmm. and I can reuse it if I want. Okay. And it goes together on edge like a perler bead, or you can stack them top to bottom. They have studs like Lego, and they're even compatible with Lego if you want to do that too. Interesting. I have had so much fun. I've built Zangief already. I've started on Blanca. I did not expect it to be as much fun as it was. Picks Bricks? Wow. Where have they been all my life? They do lots of mosaic stuff. They have lots of sets. They sell just generic kits and do whatever you want. They've really leaned into the mosaic thing where you make paintings of Starry Starry Night or whatever. They have lots of sets like that. But they got my attention with the Street Fighter set and really fun. Doing it has been very zen. It's like doing a Rubik's Cube. We've talked about it. It uses that part of your brain that uses just enough processing power that you forget about everything else that's going on and you just have a nice time and time passes and it's been really nice. I can't wait to finish building them all out. I'd be sad when they're done. I hope they do more stuff. I'm just curious. You made one comment. You said they're not as expensive as Lego. So Mm-mm. when you get finished with the piece that you've built of these Street Fighter ones, how mm-hmm. big is the picture? Um, I want to say that an individual one is mm-hmm. about 10 inches tall. So the finished one's going to be about 20 inches tall by, uh, I'm going to say, about 48 inches wide is roughly, I'm going to say. But 10 inches tall at $21, I I mean, they look awesome, don't get me wrong. And I love Mm -hmm. the way they go together from looking at the Amazon image. But that does feel kind of expensive to me. Am I just out of touch with how much these things cost now? Or Lego bricks generally cost about a dime per brick. Really? No matter what size of brick it is? Generally, the average is about a dime a brick. So what do these work out to? $21,768? Now I got to go do math. (laughs) Comes out to about three cents per brick. You guys see that they have, uh, if you go to their website, they actually have an app that'll pixelate a picture for you. Oh yeah, they have a phone app. Ah. They can do it on the website. And it because it's pixel building, you could do anything. How I mean, long is it going to be before we start seeing original artwork at conventions in this style? Oh, not long. About 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. They're really, I don't know how long they've been around, but they just lend themselves to this. And and if you don't like it, you take it apart. You don't have to glue them or iron them or nothing. Right. I, I it, And they stay together if you like them, right? They stay together great. Yeah. I got a feeling that some of our Patreon supporters might start requesting Gen X grown-up specific picks bricks mosaics. <laughs> There's no reason not to. They're damn cool. Damn, damn cool. Kind of want a Gen X grown-up logo in this now. Yeah. One more time. I don't need another hobby, but by golly, I want to start building picks bricks stuff. <laughs> I know it's crazy. All right, yeah. I've rambled enough about picks bricks. That's I'm really a cool. fan of them. Really enjoying them. Uh, I'll post some pictures over on Discord. If you're on our server, I'll post and share. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. not, please join us over at genxgrownup.com/discord, and I'll show those off. Mo, how about you? What do you got uh, talking about here in tech? 
and toys. It's your, wow. you said you had something. It's your segment by it golly. Is, I know. So, but now I'm sort of stuck in this whole Pix Bricks thing, but okay, <laughs> let me get off that here. You got Galaga machines and Pix Bricks. You got a lot yeah, to live up to, sir. You're not kidding. So, okay. So this one is a little more retro. Back in the early eighties, was a collection of games that were called um, micro games. They came right. in little cardboard boxes, maybe about six by four cardboard box, you know, a little box. And they had like counters and hex maps in it and a dice and the rules to how to play. And they're all different types. Each one is a unique standalone game. Although I take it back. Some of them were, you could combine, but generally they're all standalone So are they role-playing type games then? A couple were role-playing. Some of them were, most were strategy kind of games. Okay. So not like a mini travel version of Connect 4. Not that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. They were all like, yeah, they had fold-out maps or like hex maps with terrain and you have a take game. Like a pencil and paper kind of game. Exactly. I got it. Okay. And, And they ran three four bucks a piece yeah back then okay. yeah back then <laughs> and they were all like super fun i mean i i was like trying to get all of them at the time because they came out with i think about 20 different games hmm. and each game was different matter of fact steve jackson who you know from munchkins and oh, all yeah. those other games yeah he started his first games he ever did were for this line ah. he did a game called ogre and jev which he did for these micro game lines so there was a game that i played and i couldn't remember the name of it for the life of me i remembered the cover because the cover had a cool dragon on it i remembered the gameplay <laughs> kind of like lord of the rings you're trying to make your way through the dragon's lair to get out while the dragon's trying to find you and for years i was banging my head against the wall trying remember the name of this game and so like john i belong to a couple different old gaming groups on facebook Mm -hmm. so i said i'll give it a shot i gave him my description pretty much what i just told you Mm -hmm. thinking i said hey i don't expect anybody to know what the hell i'm talking about here this game came out in 1981 i think it was two people said oh you're talking about lords of the underearth and i'm like Ah. yes that's it i'm like holy (laughs) shit i was like i was like it was like a, a cloud lifted off me and literally for years i could not remember the name of this i described the cover lords of the under earth lords of the under earth okay all right and yeah. so i said oh shit i, said, I gotta find one now now that i know what it is <laughs> went to ebay off to ebay i go off to <laughs> ebay and let me tell you I guess I'm not the only one looking for these things. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because to get a perfect set, there, there are no unused ones out there. But mm-hmm. to even get one that's in good shape was like 150 bucks. Oh, damn. One? Yeah. I thought you said what they were 3 the or $4. Dollars. Oh, my goodness. They were. Oh, that's wow. some hell of an inflation going right there. Jesus. I ain't spending that much money. Yeah. I actually found one. It's a little beat up, but it's complete. And I got it for $26. Oh, okay. That's more wow. reasonable. I, yeah. yeah. To yeah. recapture part of your youth that you really love yeah exactly yeah i could spend 26 bucks on this damn condition is everything isn't it holy crap yeah. <laughs> this one definitely like somebody sat on it apparently at some point <laughs> but that's okay. at some point it looks like somebody sat on it often <laughs> yeah actually yeah you're right yeah it was definitely at the bottom of a bunch of books or something it got squished mm-hmm. but that's okay when it came in and i saw this cover it was like i was 13 looking at this game for the first time it was awesome there's a solo game you could play on it i played it I lost, but still, that was fun. Yep. But it was pretty awesome. That's the part I want to hear about. So you say you open, you, like you looked at the cover for the first time. Yeah. Th- that's the experience that I relish in. And part of why Genex Grown Up exists at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I want to hear you talk a little bit about opening the book again, the, whatever the dice, the pieces, what it brought back. Can, can oh, you, my God. Can you speak to that a little bit? I just want to hear just a little bit if you oh, can. Oh, absolutely. Share it. I mean, this one is like, I got this at the Complete Strategist in New York. John, you're familiar with that store, right? Initially. Initially, yep. Your old one. They had okay. these. Lighten up, and the reason why I bought it was the cover, honestly, mm-hmm. because the, the box dragon. art looks awesome. <laughs> it's like this awesome amber-looking dragon and these bunch of fighter kind of, you know. 
And then when I actually got it and brought it home, I found out that they had a scenario you could play by yourself. Mm-hmm. And how you did it was that you took the token because it had these little cardboard tokens. You had to mix them up, put them all face down, and you put them face down randomly on the map. So as you approach one, you flipped over to see what it was. And that was mm-hmm. like the random kind of encounters that you had. I remember sitting in my bed with this game, making my bed so it's flat <laughs> to start with. <laughs> the first time he made his bed in months. <laughs> it was, I think. And opening the map, I looked at the map and I, I can tell you, I remember it was like, as soon as I saw it, I remembered all the details on it. It was like, That's cool. I remember the map. I started reading through the instructions, look at the little cardboard tokens, and they were actually not as nice as I remember. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know, I remember the tokens being more detailed, but then I looked yeah. at them like, no, that's right. This is what that's they were. I think wow. my imagination kind of filled in a lot of gaps. Embellished there. a bit. Yeah. That's but still, very though, cool. It was cool. I'm now on the hunt for the. I've gotten four of these, four or five of these micro games now I found, mm. and I'm going to try to get all of them because each one I got, I'm like, oh, I remember playing this with my best friend and so-and-so at the time. I remember doing this. And I'll tell you this. Fantastic. I easily would have paid 50 bucks. Don't tell the seller that. But it was worth <laughs> it. It was totally worth it. That's cool. Do you have any of your originals or you're just starting from scratch? I'm starting from scratch. Start All from my scratch. other ones got went to college and I don't know what happened to them. All right. Well, you need to keep us updated as you work through I your will. collection. <laughs> <laughs> I will, and I will post this cover is awesome. So I'm, I'll post this on our Discord channel so people can awesome. see the cover. Nice. Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at genxgrownup.com. My corned beef has a first name, it's O-S-C-A-R. My smoked turkey has a second name, it's M-A-Y-E-R. Oscar Mayer Select Slices give you more taste than you ever expected from cold cuts. There's pastrami, smoked chicken breast, honey ham, and more. All 95% fat-free because they're sliced from select cuts of meat. That's why they're called Select Slices. Now Oscar Mayer has more today than B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children. Of, oh, wait. That's the older one. My bad. Since I had to go back to using my old Alienware computer for a while while my son was oh. using my desktop, it completely blew me out of the way. Flashback, flashback, uh, flashback. Let's start with, we've got, all three of us have games to play. So yep. let's start with Mo. Mo, you've got okay. something I think John yep. wanted to find out more about at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a game on PC called Days Gone. Hmm. It's another zombie apocalypse pandemic deal. So Florida. <laughs> kind of like we're living through right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like COVID Zeta. <laughs> it's, it's a new variant. Yeah. When we get there, it reminds me a lot of playing kind of Grand Theft Auto sort of style in the fact that it's an open world of mm-hmm. conditions okay. that you go yeah. on, but you can just sort of wander around and do random stuff if you want to, except imagine it more like Pacific Northwest wilderness. Okay. So different setting, different, different setting stuff going on, but the same kind of feel. 
yeah, very similar feel. You ride around on a motorcycle, and they do a really good backstory on this because the story takes place obviously a few years after this thing has happened. So now mm-hmm. you've got these enclaves of people and that kind of thing that you're trying to help and that kind of stuff. But you go to like these government like refugee sites and you find these recordings, and that's where you kind of find the whole story of how things went to the shit. It's actually a lot of fun. The story has got me very into it. It's also like these days, you know, they get real actor, you know, or I say real actor, they get famous actors or semi-famous actors to do the voiceover now the mm-hmm. voice work mm-hmm. yep. and they make the characters look like them so i was looking at this character i'm like this guy looks damn familiar and i looked yeah sure enough he's been in a bunch of movies and you know oh. really good storyline behind it the fight scenes i mean i am playing it probably on one of the not the normal but the one below it so it's a little bit easier to play because i don't want to stress myself out and, <laughs> and i'm more i like the story part better quite honestly but they make the the combat and stuff with the zombies is actually pretty good what they did with it it's not like overwhelming there's not like super crazy types of zombies out there you know it's all more walking deadish style just always double tap that's all yeah exactly <laughs> i want to go back to something you said you talked about the voice actors they get famous mm-hmm. voice actors they model the characters after them for my money still this is 20 some odd years later probably i don't think i've seen a better famous actor vocal performance in a video game than Ray Liotta in Grand Theft Auto Vice, Vice City. City. Oh, yep. Vice City. I knew we were oh, going to yeah. go. Yep. Right? No <laughs> kidding. I mean, and there have been plenty of them. Like I was talking about a couple of podcasts ago, you know, Cyberpunk 2077, the Keanu Reeves comes out on yeah. stage, you know, to introduce it. Mm-hmm. And so you expect all this cool John Wick in the future with cyber stuff kind of thing. And it's not at all, <laughs> but I'm getting a little fed up and tired of seeing all of these famous actors taking these positions and roles and not performing the way that a Ray Liotta did in that game. Mm. Give me the voice actors who are hungry and need the money instead <laughs> of these celebrity debutants who couldn't work any other way during the COVID pandemic. And so this was just another way to make a buck. I, I'm kind of tired and I'm over the celebrity voice acting in video games. I think you just called Keanu Reeves a debutante. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you, I mean, you're, I see where you're going with that, George, because it's like the voice acting is not the same as regular acting. No, I think it's more nuanced. You got to have more yeah. character in your body. So this one, the voice acting in it is pretty damn good. Actually, the, probably the one I like the least is the main character because it's very one tone. <laughs> too bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but all the supporting people, awesome voice acting all around. Are those are the ones that motivate you to go to the next mission anyway. Right, so maybe exactly. that's okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's one part of it, though, which is pretty cool, which is, you know how we have like the uh, the herds in Walking Dead? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big hordes of zombies coming yep. after you. Yep. You actually run across those here. And when ah. they say hordes, I'm talking two, three hundred in a horde. Mm, yeah. And you got to figure out like how to deal with it. I dealt with the small one first. That's as far as I got because they overran me and killed me. But still, you know, <laughs> running and traps and all that stuff. And you have to get every single one of them. And so it was, it, that was a pretty neat little uh, feature I added to it. So I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I paid... It was on sale. I got through in the Steam sale, I think, and it was like twenty five bucks. I got it on sale. Normally, yeah, it's for like a big 30. open world game. That's that's not too bad, probably. No, I think normally yeah. it's like thirty nine. I think is the full retail for that. And I'm definitely getting my quarries out of it. So I think it's a really really good game. And it's if you like that style game, it's definitely worth getting. Days gone. Days gone. All right. Nice. Yeah. What about you, John? What you got for us? Uh, I have an old game, kind of like you had an old uh, toy in Tech mm-hmm. Toys. Uh, so I found this accidentally. I was doing a, a video review of the My Arcade Pocket Player, the little handheld Pac-Man game. And it just so happened to have three games on it. And it had Pac-Man, of course, it had Pac-Man because oh. that's what it was. It had Pac-Mania, which was the isometric Pac-Man game. Oh, yeah. And then it had a third weird. game I'd never heard of. 
But of course, in the review, I'm like, well, let's take a look at this one. Let's take a look at this one. And I got to this third game and I went literally on camera as I'm playing. I'm like, what is this? I've never heard of this before. It's called Pack Panic. And I never heard of it before. And I fired it up and it kind of looked like Tetris at first. And I thought it was kind of a matching game. Hmm. So I'll skip all the theatrics and I'll jump to what I learned after I did some research (laughs) and found out this was a game I'd never heard of. It's not an arcade game like Pac-Man or Pac-Mania that's on this game. This was a console game that came out in 1993 on the Sega and Super Nintendo. It was later called Pac-Attack. And it kind of is a mashup between Pac-Man and Tetris, but it's neither of those games. You don't finish the game. It does have falling pieces that you rotate and drop in place. Mm -hmm. Some of the pieces are a combination of blocks and ghosts. The goal, though, is to drop the ghosts so they're all together. And then once in a while, you drop a piece that has a Pac-Man on it. And when you drop him, you want to drop him in such a way that he eats up all the ghosts. You clear a level by eating up all the ghosts that are on the board, not by clearing all the roads. Huh, huh. And it was nothing I'd ever heard of before. And in in the midst of recording this video, I'm like, this might be the most exciting part of this game. (laughs) It's a Pac-Man game that I'd never played before. In the hindsight of having done this review, I have fired up my Super Nintendo emulator. I found the ROM, started trying to play it more. And it's a very nuanced game. You don't take your Pac-Man skills into this game because it's not a maze. And you don't really take many of your Tetris skills into this game because it's not just clearing rows. It's a very different kind of game. And it's something that I appreciate that I found. So I really just want to bring attention to it here, not to encourage you to go out and buy something or encourage you to go out and, you know, go buy this pocket player necessarily. But if you are a fan of emulation, and which I have been for mm-hmm. decades now, this is a Pac-Man game that I totally overlooked. So I recommend if you have an emulator handy, one of these pocket players that you have, or whether you have a, you know, one of these little toys like the POW kitty that I've got or whatever, you probably have Pack Attack or Pack Panic on that already. You should fire it up and play it because it's a hidden gem that I didn't even know was out there. Wow. You probably already freaking have it. So (laughs) give it a try. It came out, you said, 93? 93. Wow. It got ported to lots of stuff later, but that's where it first came out. Nice. I thought I'd seen everything Pac-Man by this point. (laughs) He thought he'd seen it all. (laughs) Turns out I had not. <laughs> That's great. George, how about you, man? What have you been uh, exercising your brand new computer on? Uh, not no, a yeah. thing, because like I said, my son <laughs> has had my brand new computer from about four days after I got it. Oh, you're he, too kind. He had an Good Alienware. Dad. His Alienware died. Mm. Uh, it's a laptop Alienware, so not really possible to replace any parts in it. Uh, and he's still waiting for his scholarship money that allows him to buy a new PC. So uh, once he gets that in, he'll buy a nice new desktop. In the meantime, I said, well, last time we talked about my new computer, I talked about how I wanted to play some of my older games to compare. But I didn't really have a comparison because I didn't really remember what they were like on my older system. Sure. So I went back and started playing Bioshock Remastered again just to oh, kind of see one. good one what it would what look like on this before I can go and play it on my new PC and see if there's any difference. The Bioshock remastered is way different than the regular original Bioshock, as you can imagine, because Mm -hmm. it's remastered, hence the title. I've really enjoyed playing this game again. I have found that I'm not nearly as good at it as I was originally (laughs) when I finished the game. Uh, I'm still getting stuck in parts that I shouldn't get stuck in, that I remember how to get through them, but I just can't get my thumbs and fingers to work properly. But it just kind of harkens back to something that I haven't found in a modern game a while and that is a super compelling storyline and experience and environment that pulled me all the way through the game to completion 
Yeah. I, I found that with Alan Wake. Love yeah. Alan Wake still to mm-hmm. this day. I found that with the Bioshock series, not Bioshock Infinite. I never really got into that one, but the original ones and the uh, Mass Effect games, the first three of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm kind of wondering if there's going to be anyone in the modern era who's going to go back to this style of game, or if the newer generation who's paying for games right now are just not interested in this style, so they're not making these games anymore. Uh, I'm hoping that our audience will write in on some emails and tell us what their thoughts or experiences are with story-driven, story-rich games like Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Versus what's coming out now. Cyberpunk 2077 looked like it was going to try to do that, but nah, it's kind of missing the mark disjointed. for me. Yeah. One of the ones also that had a good story was Half-Life. You mean the original Half-Life the original, back in the day? Yeah. yeah. The original Half-Life. You know, that yeah. was when that had like a story and it pulled me through. You felt like immer- is immersive. Mm-hmm. I like story-based games. That's what keeps me playing. If it's just shoot them again with a, all the scenarios are basically variations of how you're shooting people, eh, <laughs> I get tired of that pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Half-Life was great, but I mean, if you take Half-Life compared to Bioshock, I mean, Half-Life oh, is yeah, yeah. a story. Bioshock builds a world, yeah. and mythology, mm-hmm. totally and agree. characters you care about or hate. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I, I've heard this joke, you know, it's a difference between throwing a bullet and firing it from a gun. Like, that's the difference. <laughs> They're both moving, but there's a huge difference between right. those two. And I find myself looking for a game to play. You're right, George. And I haven't found anything that really scratched that same itch that Bioshock has. I'm yeah. waiting. I want it. You know, the Far Cries are a little bit that just causes, but okay. more they're more but playgrounds they're not, than they are stories. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they give me a reason to play. Yeah, but they're, they're kind of taking the Grand Theft Auto route, right? Like Grand you're Theft right, Auto yes. Vice mm-hmm. City was a story. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yes. But indeed. now the Grand Theft Auto's they're more about look at well all the stuff you can do on your own i think kind of one of the last games like that that was real story driven that pulled me through mm-hmm. right before the grand theft auto fives or whatever was la noir i don't know if you guys remember that sure. one. Oh, of course that yeah one. That detective one. yeah yeah tried absolutely. to be real close to the people's faces and you had to read their faces for when they were lying and it was set yeah. in the 1930s or 40s los angeles era Certainly. i'm just wondering if there's just not enough of a market for them to build those games anymore or or if somebody is lurking in the weeds out there and I haven't found it or haven't heard about it yet, maybe our listeners out there can tell us, oh, have you not played this game yet? Yeah, I'll take recommendations. Yes, please. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We're all for that. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. If you're a die-hard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. In the world of the Transformers, it used to be easy to tell the Autobots from the Decepticons, but now the mini-spies are on the loose. They look like Autobots, but are they? It's a Decepticon! After him! Transformer mini-spies. You get one with each of the six Autobot minicar packages. Motorized Transformers. You can't tell if they're Autobots or Decepticons until you rub up their symbol. It's an Autobot! Transformer mini-spies. Get them while supplies last from Hasbro. 
As we come through the last turn here of the show, we always like to take a second to talk about what we're looking at or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together to record the show. And I'm going to kick it off. Uh, I have a few things I'm looking forward to. George, it was one that you were uh, on your horizon before and Mm it's right around the corner now. August 12th is the second season of Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, the animated series. Absolutely. Uh I've seen some great stuff. They have a Tamarian character. I've seen that (laughs) Robert Duncan McNeil has at least a cameo, maybe a recurring role. Riker has a big presence, it looks like. Yes, absolutely. Lots of they wrote a lot of checks at the end of last season that they need to cash at the beginning of this season. Ready for that, August 12th. Uh, Also, I'm surprised how much I'm looking forward to uh, (laughs) Free Guy. Yeah, (laughs) me too, actually. The new film coming out August 13th with uh, Deadpool as the lead role, right? So he (laughs) plays Reynolds. Yeah, (laughs) he's playing Deadpool. He's always playing Deadpool in every role he's playing. All those characters are just playing Ryan Reynolds. That's all they are playing. They're all Ryan Reynolds, yeah. So, but effectively, he's an NPC in a video game that gains sentience, it seems. And early reviews I've read is that it's actually a decent video game movie. That's a rare beast in this world. Yeah, very rare. So I'm looking forward to that. And then biggest and most importantly that I'm looking forward to, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, August 20th through the 22nd, finally, the Southern Fried Gaming Expo up in Atlanta. We are getting back to the convention circuit. We did Infinity Con a few months back, and now uh, SFGE getting back in the saddle. We're going to see a lot of our old friends there. We have uh, a table at the convention, run a panel. We're going to run a mini backtrack. Just, I can't wait. Can't wait Mm -hmm. for all of us to be in the same room again with so many of our friends and colleagues uh, in Atlanta. That's been a long time coming. So SFGE cannot wait. George, how about you? What are you looking forward? to my man all right well uh you know you gave me credit for looking forward to it first so i'm going to take it again lower deck season two august 12th that's fair looking forward to that one right (laughs) of course Uh, you know there's this uh this new movie that I'm really, really interested in. It's one of my favorite actors mm-hmm. going right now. Uh, Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy on August the 13th. I'm, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, aside from those uh, entertainment ventures, All right. probably my favorite thing that yes. I've been looking forward to for well more than a year at this point is SFGE on August 20th and 22nd. That's the same three things I had. What? That's the same three things I did. Well, that's not my fault. I can't help the fact that we like the same things. If I, I want to put them in my looking forward to segment, All right. sure, I'm allowed not? to put them in my looking forward to segment. There's no right. rule. Yeah. yeah, I agree with George 100%. Why? Because that's not what you usually do. Uh, well, <laughs> let's, let's get to mine and then we can take it from there. Okay. All right. All right, All Mo, right. what are you looking forward to, man? Um, well, right off the bat, I'm looking forward to Lower Deck Season 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> if, no, no. So... We but no. maybe we should have consulted a little bit better before this. Um, Why? Because I, I also have Free Guys, my second God one. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you know that movie with Ryan Reynolds, and it if, just looked like a really fun movie. If you say SFGE next, how could I not? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. We we've been talking about SFGE for a, over right. two years, and I am <sighs> so looking forward to going there, playing games. <sighs> You know, hanging out with people you know like us who just love games and arcade I games. I feel and plagiarized. <laughs> and it's, it, I they feel say, dirty now. We're saying uh, copying is the finest form of flattery. Highest form of flattery. Yeah, the bullshit. Yes. I'm not buying Mimicry, that. That's it. Nope. Sorry. Yeah. No. It's just. Yeah. Maybe next time we should talk about this before we get into this segment. <laughs> <laughs> but but hey, it's still. I mean, the three Stop awesome thief. things. The all three it awesome shows things. is that all three of us have the exact same level of intelligence. That's all it shows. 
Now I feel insulted. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what to feel there. Oh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode 104 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode, but next week is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. And next week, we are going to be talking all about hopping in the car, headed down to the Galleria, and spending all day <laughs> at the mall. We're talking about the Generation X mall experience. Uh, Yay! Uh, maybe you can copy that, too. What do you think? Maybe? You oh, think? Yes. Are we not going to do the podcast together? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yes, we are. We are. You see, they would be fine to copy me. Here was not necessary. Yes. We hope you will join us for that backtrack. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though, we all appreciate most of all and we will talk to you next time bye-bye see you guys take care everybody Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com okay one oh, was it four? Sure, sure. Why not? Sure. All right, one oh four. <laughs> Hold on, somebody's knocking on my door when I said I'm recording my podcast at six o'clock. What? Go away. <laughs> you should be out of my house already. But I'm on fire. <laughs> not my problem anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wanted to tell you that I knew you were recording and I wasn't going to bother you. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a good game. It's it's an open book. No, I mean, I'm trying to think of a I good comparison. I, really, I'm glad you come to the show really John ready to describe so your game. looking forward to this. He's pissed well. now. Oh, we didn't talk about the backtrack. Hold on. What's the backtrack? <laughs> the mall. The mall. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.